The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him nothing came to be. What came to be through Him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God, He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and the world came to be through him. But the the world did not know him, and he came to what was his own, but his own became his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and has made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the father's only son, full of grace and truth, John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who was coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed Him. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Oh, these hearty souls right here. The, the, hearty, the heartiest of the bunch. <laughs> It's hardy too. Oh man, in Portola, it was, it was snowing pretty massively there. And uh, I was glad to see those who did show up because it meant that shoveling the snow was not in vain over there. So I was like, oh good, he showed up. Praise God. But what a glorious, glorious morning. As we now gather together, the whole church, as we celebrate that pivotal mystery of our faith. Do you know who invented the nativity scene, by the way? Anybody here know? Ah, oh, you guys know. <laughs> I thought I would, I would teach you something today. Okay, end of homily period. Let's all go home. <laughs> no, it was. It's, it's, so, so now, because you know that, now you can be that, that nerdy Christian, you know, when you're talking amongst your friends, nativity scene. By the way, do you know who invented that? All right, let me see how fancy pants you guys really are. When, when St. Francis invented the nativity scene in the Middle Ages... Do you know what type of nativity scene it was? I don't know. That's kind of a general question. But, so now let me just teach you this so that way because I feel horrible because since you guys already know this fun fact. But when St. Francis created the nativity scene, 
it was a live nativity scene. So the actual people had dressed up and they had animals there and they, and, and they acted out this scene which we all have come to know and love. As I mentioned last night at Mass, this is the fourth Mass of, of Christmas, by the way, for us. But don't worry, I, I ate my broccoli this morning, so I feel good. The mystery of the nativity of Jesus Christ is not a quaint story. I know it's very quaint, especially when you have, you know, when we had the, the Christmas pageant, and the little kids come up dressed up as Mary and Joseph and the little baby. It's, it's all very beautiful, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But God breaking in, the word becoming flesh and coming among us is not a quaint story. Because we always must look at the nativity in light of what happened in Genesis. These two must go together in order for us to appreciate what happened. Here, Christ being born in a manger. So what happened in Genesis? Always keep those two stories together. Because what happens next? And you begin to see why St. Francis, when he, when, when he created the nativity scene, he would ponder the scene and he would just stare at it. He would just look upon it and gaze upon it and reflect and ponder. Why? Because think about it. This is how, how, how mind-boggling this Christian message is. God, okay. You get him, God. Beautiful God, majestic, powerful. The creator of the entire universe. This all-powerful, mighty being. Becomes a little baby. Why? And so as he's pondering this profound message, he looks upon it and now he gazes upon it because now that the word has become flesh, he sees in Genesis what happened there. Think about Genesis, Adam and Eve. What is the first lie of Genesis? So so the serpent goes to Adam and Eve and he looks upon them and he says to them, did God really tell you that? You see what happened there? What is that lie? Which now every being from Adam and Eve, everybody from that moment on, we all believe this. That God holds back from us. Do you see that there? He planted a a lie in the human heart. Did God really tell you that? Do you see there? God's holding back from you. Knowing that now, look at Jesus Christ in the manger. What does God the Father do? God says, oh, humanity, you think I'm holding back from you? You believe the serpent, all right? I will give you my most precious, my only begotten son. I will give you him now, boom. Imagine as a parent, is there anything more precious to you than your own child? Nothing is more precious And so God now gives His Son to humanity because we believe the lie. Jesus Christ answers it by being born as a baby. All right, now continue, Genesis. After the serpent says to Adam and Eve, did God really tell you that? And then what is the next insidious lie that worms its way through the human heart? 
The serpent, the devil, tells us, if you eat of the fruit of the good and evil, you will become like gods. And so with Adam and Eve now, and all with all of humanity, we all want to become our own little gods. We take on divinity now through our own power because we have to break away from God. Now give me my divinity. And is that not all of us? We all become our own little gods and our own little worlds. Look at the history of humanity. God knows that about us. Look at the nativity story again. What does Jesus Christ do to a humanity that wants to become their own version of God? I will take on your human flesh now. Do you see what he did there? I will take on your frailty to me because you always try to take on my divinity apart from me. You see now St. Francis looking at the nativity scene, staring upon it, gazing upon it. Continue with Genesis. Look what happens next. So the moment that in Genesis we reject God, we all know the story well. You go to Genesis chapter 2, the story of Cain and Abel. Why does Cain kill his brother Abel? Because Cain wanted to keep accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. Because we all believe, because the moment that we reject God in our hearts, we, we try to usurp his power, the next line is that we try to fill our lives with materialism, power, pleasure. When St. Francis, before his conversion, when he, when, he, when he became a Catholic on fire with the love of Jesus Christ, he was a young man. And during that time period in the Middle Ages, if you go to Assisi, their warring city was a city called Perugia. Probably well known today for its chocolate. You want good chocolate? Go to Perugia. For whatever reason, there's beautiful, delicious chocolate, even with their hot cocoa. It's amazing hot cocoa in Perugia. But not at that time period. You had Assisi and you had Perugia battling out. And like every young man, as we know, especially if you ever raise boys, what do boys love to do? We love to fight and destroy things, don't we? I don't know what it is. We're hardwired to fight and destroy things. That's why uh, when I was a little boy, I wanted to become a soldier. I don't know. I just want to blow up stuff. <laughs> and so that's always in the human heart. There's something, something strong about us that we, we're hardwired for that. So St. Francis, before his conversion, was like that. So in battle, he went to battle with the city of Perugia. And then he was captured during the battle. But because St. Francis became, was part of a, of a noble family, that the Parisians ransomed his freedom. And so they got money. And as he was growing up and as growing his Catholic faith and he became set on fire because he thought, St. Francis thought that glory, like all of us tend to think, will always be found in, 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 in honor, in making a name for ourselves and in prestige. But then as he, as he started becoming more fervent in his faith, all of that began to wane away. He didn't really care about the money, power, honor and pleasure anymore. And so it started a huge conflict between him and his father. His father was a big merchant, a trader in cloth at that time period. And he, was t- t- he tended to be well-to-do. And in one pivotal moment, again, as parents in here, especially when your kids are young, you know, you know when you butt heads with them, 
So he was once, he was arguing in the town square of Assisi. Because St. Francis kept giving away all of his possessions to the poor. And then his father got upset. You keep giving away what I'm trying to sell. And so in one, again, this is so, again, as parents, you can kind of see this scene. And in one pivotal moment, his arguing with his dad. He's like, dad, so fine, if I can't give this away. He stripped off his clothes in the middle of the town square. And he threw it at his father. Here, take it then. All of this is yours, huh? Because he recognized, I don't need anything else. I don't need more. Once I have Jesus Christ, what more do I need? Now go back to the nativity scene. Because in Genesis, we think more of money, power, honor, pleasure. Do it for myself. Me, 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 me. That's what I need to be happy. Jesus Christ knows this. Now ask yourself and ponder. How much honor, power, pleasure, and prestige does Jesus Christ have in the manger? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The answer to the fall of Genesis is found in the coming of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. So if we want to be happy, if we want to flourish again, all we have to do is turn to the greatest gift that humanity has been given right there. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And all things came to be through Him. And now He has come to humanity to lead us back home. My brothers and sisters, on this Christmas morning, as we celebrate this grand mystery, we celebrate God breaking in and coming among us.